Today's scripture is Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. And they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause confusion in it. And we prayed to our God and set a guard as protection against them day and night. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. All right. Thank you, Liz. Uh, hello, everyone. Good evening. Great to see you here uh, in p person. Good morning uh, to all of you there on, online. Uh, glad we can worship together and be together uh, this day. My name's Dave. I'm one of the pastors here at Redemption Tucson. And uh, I'm, if I haven't met you, I, I would love to. So maybe after the, the, the service, um, I'd love to connect with you, get to know you. Um, as was said earlier, there's a way to, to, we'd just love to help you get connected if you're looking for a community to, to be a part of. Um, I do want to let you all know out of the gates that I stutter, um, so just want to give you a heads up on that. I asked the AV guys to, to try to fix it, but they couldn't, so it's all right. <laughs> Nobody's perfect. Sorry. Yeah, thanks anyway, MJ. Um, but yeah, there's a lot going on. Is Joel's, yeah, thank you, Joel and Christina and, uh, and Joel. And, uh, and Kira for weeding through other Joel. I didn't thank Joel Harris twice. Uh, Joel Johnson. But yeah, thank you guys just for weeding through that. I too was, uh, was just overcome with emotion. Um, just thinking of God's incredible grace and, and goodness. And uh, just you, you led so well through the r reality of Romans 12. Uh, we grieve and we rejoice. Sometimes ourselves in our own hearts, we're doing that at the same time and, uh, and also with others, alongside others. And uh, uh, Jesus perfectly models and embodies what it looks like to, uh, to meet us where we are and, uh, and then to lead us. And, and I think, again, Joel, uh, you, you just helped um, reflect him in that way so, so well. Um, I don't have a ton of time for extra stuff because we've got a lot to cover um, today. But I'll, I'll briefly share with you just because some of you don't know and I, 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 uh, I'll, uh, why I, I get so emotional. The first time actually Joel and Jenny um, and Christina led a number of um, years ago and um, actually J Jesse was on the keys and it was, it was, um, it just, I, I was overwhelmed with emotion. Um, my story in short is, um, uh, uh, we moved from San Diego when I was um, almost 12, my family did, to Arkansas. And many of us are like, whoa, culture shock, crazy, you know, hillbillies, all that. It's all, we could say it, it's all true. Um, but um, God used uh, in our lives, my mom uh, got us connected with a, a very small um, Pentecostal African-American church that we got involved with. And that's where, uh, my, that's where I was baptized. My mom was baptized. Two of my older brothers, we were all baptized in that same church um, together. We were really, really poor. In fact, we were homeless one summer during that time. And God used that church and that community to care for us in ways I, I never uh, imagined. Um, just uh, more than I can remember, we'd people, uh, one of the de deacons would, would tap us on the shoulder, my older brother and I, and we'd go out and he'd say, hey, uh, help us with some of this stuff. And, and normally we're like, oh, sweet, good. Like we get to get up and move around a bit. Um, 
And, uh, uh, you know, I was young, and, and it was to fill our car with gro- groceries. And this was a, a fairly poor uh, church itself and uh, only had one, one, one p- paid staff, and yet God's incredible grace there. And, and just uh, so anyway, that's part of my story, and, uh, and, and just uh, all the more, just again, just to thank you. And uh, I'm thankful for Absolute Life. Pentecostal church, and uh, ultimately to the Lord who's at work, and we get to be a part of it in ways we just don't know. Uh, He does, life is naturally supernatural. The seemingly mundane, he could be just blowing someone's world, changing the trajectory of generations, and we sometimes don't even know it. Um, Amen? So again, thank you, uh, Joel and Christina and Pastor Marcus for leading us. Um, So out of the gates, a couple things I want to say before we get into Nehemiah. Go ahead and turn to Nehemiah 4. Um, And I I do want to say happy Father's Day. Okay, it was said. We're kind of torn on where to say it. Joel said it earlier. Um, This is a day I just want to, we love um, just being honest. Again, looking life straight on, square in the eyes. For some people, this is a hard day. Um, some people who long to be fathers uh, themselves and maybe walk through infertility. Uh, this is difficult for, for some people who, who are fathers but maybe have a strained relationships, estranged relationships, or maybe have lost a child or, or children who have lost um, uh, a, f- a father. Or, or maybe uh, for some, the, the use of the word father, just even not just on this day, but on any day, is difficult. Because like, wait, God's the father. I have a broken, un- like that's not a good thing to, to many people. And yet to some of us, so there's, there's weeping and difficulty. And then to some of us, some often at the same time, there's incredible rejoicing. There's uh, now I'm a father figure. Um, now I'm, I'm, I'm in a place. We, we walked through infertility. I remember my first Father's Day uh, with my kids when they were born and just what that felt like and was like. And uh, there's rejoicing and weeping. And again, many of us are doing that simultaneously at the same time in our own lives and alongside others. So that's just, I just want to tell you too, if you're not very familiar with the church, with Christianity, um, that's just a great picture of the reality of what it looks like to walk with Jesus. We come from brokenness and, 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 and estrangement and sadness and, and, and uh, hopelessness, and God uh, breaks in, and Jesus uh, uh, humbles himself, and then, and then through his life, death, and r- resurrection from the dead, he gives us new life, and then he points our eyes ahead to where every tear will be uh, wiped away, to where weeping and sadness will be no more, and we will rejoice forever, and yet right now we live in the reality of what many theologians refer to as the now and not yet. We get to live in light of what is to come, the good news, and also in light of our current brokenness. So all that to say, uh, happy Father's Day, and uh, we're with you and glad you're here wherever you're at uh, this morning, uh, especially for those at home. Amen? All right. Um, Amen means I'm tracking with you. Uh, I agree with you. You don't have to say amen if you don't agree. Um, but I might stop and ask you uh, again. Um, and then also, so now secondly, uh, before I pray and we get into Nehemiah, I want to let you know um, that in two weeks, so on July 3rd, um, we're going to go to mask optional at both 
of our services. At the 4 p.m. and the 6 p.m., we're currently mask uh, required at this service and then mask optional at 6 p.m. So we're going that. Um, if you have any questions, concerns, thoughts, or um, whatever, please email us at tucsonatredemptionaz.com and we'll, um, somebody will fo- follow up with you in the next couple weeks. So again, just kind of, um, and, and it's still, again, mask optional. Definitely wear them. There's no shame, whatever, if you want to, but, but it will now be, be optional. All right? Okay, so stay with me, all right? If I, I was like, where do I put that um, in this day? <laughs> but I'm going to pray, not just as a transition, but to uh, bring us all uh, before the Lord as we get into Nehemiah 4 together. Let's, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we thank you for this time together, for this evening, uh, Lord, this, this morning, for those who are, are with us through um, you, YouTube and those who are, are here in this room, we uh, gather together corporately as your people. As uh, Pastor Marcus said earlier, we so often look through individualistic lenses and uh, uh, yet you, you see us as individuals, all of us, uh, fearfully and wonderfully made um, and, and by you, and yet also you call us corporately as your people. So right now, corporately and individually, uh, we, we come before you. We need you. Uh, Lord, I pray that you will speak to us where we need to be spoken to. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, where we're headed in our time, just to give us some, some, uh, some, some reminder where we were last week, right, is that Nehemiah, like every book of the Bible and like every one of our lives, fits into a bigger story, a bigger narrative of, of God's, um, God's story, of what God is doing, and that all things fit somewhere into his plan, that he is the author and the hero of the whole story. And we looked at l- last week that, that, um, that, 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 that God is indeed the hero and that he's at work. And there was an invitation from um, Nehemiah chapter three, if you recall, or if not, I encourage you to go back and read that. And it's a whole chapter full of seemingly boring, mundane lives. Um, a lot like your lives um, and mine. Okay, a lot like all of our lives that, that often seem like just the rat race, but that God has infinitely, eternally significant plans and invitation through what seems to us kind of ho-hum, mundane life. And so picking up on that theme uh, in chapter four right now, we're gonna look at that story and we're gonna look at three scenes, if you will. Okay, if you kind of image like a, a, a film or a movie or a play, three primary scenes that we're going to walk through is, is first we see the opposition. Okay, we're going to look at that. We're gonna, we talked about the antagonist, like every story has in some way. Okay, we're going to look at the opposition. And then we're going to look at the plan. And then we will look at the team. Okay, so with that, let's go ahead and kick off in uh, chapter 4. Verse 1, where we begin to look at the opposition. Now when Sanballat heard that we were building the wall, he was angry and greatly enraged. And he jeered at the Jews. So he's mocking. He's upset. We looked at these three characters last week. And, and there's, there's opposition. There's frustration. There's anger. It's personal. And he said in the presence of his brothers and of the army of Samaria, 
what are these feeble Jews? All right, now he's throwing even more shade. There's some, some, some adjectives there. These feeble Jews, will they restore it for themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they finish up in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of ru- rubbish and burned ones at that? Again, he's piling it on here. And then Tobiah, verse three, the Ammonite was beside him and he said, yes, what they are building, if a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. Okay, now he's getting really mean, right? He's talking about how feeble and weak this is. And in their day, though, we don't usually use foxes when we're talking trash to each other. There's this idea of like this small little animal, if this wall that they're pouring their, their sweat and blood into, they're working hard for, um, there's, 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 there's mockery. And we see this, this opposition that, they're, they're, uh, that God's people are facing. And then skip down to verses seven and eight, where we'll look at um, more of, of what this looks like. So when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the repairing of the walls of Jerusalem was going forward and that the breaches were beginning to be closed, they were very angry. So their anger is even ramping up. It's not just mockery, but it's, 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 it's actually turning to hostility. Let me pause for a moment too. Just when you read the B- Bible, those names are imp- important. All right, when Nehemiah wrote this section, um, God, in his wisdom, knew that people would be reading this and they would be facing the Ammonites, the Ashdodites. They would, be, they would be facing the Samaritans, the, the different people who they, in their everyday lives. And, yet, and so he intentionally puts in there to say, listen, um, whatever kind of opposition you're currently facing is not new to God. Uh, the, these people, these things, it's not new. It feels like right now your life, whatever you're going through is brand new. God's caught off guard. You're caught off guard. Everyone, but, but no, this, this kind of opposition that you're, that you're, you're, you're f- facing, I know about it. And I knew about it even back then when this was written down. Okay, so God is intentional. And then in verse eight, and they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem to cause what? Confusion in it. So um, the kind of opposition that God's people face always is, is, is again, there's, there's a micro, there's a present element, and there's a bigger picture. In the moment, they want to cause conflict. They want to cause confusion, right? They want to confuse God's people. But this idea, this word, this reality is an enemy to God always. In the very beginning, in Genesis chapter one and two, all right? Are you guys sure tracking with me? Okay, I want to make sure that we're, we're, we're tracking here. When God, what does God do? He creates uh, order out of chaos, he, he has a plan and he, he says where the seemingly free-flowing chaotic waters will stop and where there will be order, where land will divide the terrifying oceans, right, to the, the, the security and the safety of the shore. Uh, God, God, God says where there will be light, when there will be day. He creates creatively, um, planning and, 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 and to bring order and yet confusion. In, 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 uh, in Genesis chapter 11, the Tower of 
Babel means confusion. In verse 5 of that, when God steps, verse 5 or 6, I forget, when God descends and breaks in, he creates a short-term confusion in order to prevent eternal confusion, separation from God. So this word is massive. So when we're facing opposition, hear me now, let me bring it home for us. Whatever we're facing right now, we do well to pause, whatever kind of opposition, and to recognize where is this opposition presently right now and how does it fit into the bigger story? And we tend to just get myopic right now, uh, hunker down, who's my enemy and where's my enemy and this thing is brand new and all this, but we need to zoom out and see how does what I'm facing, what we're facing, fit into God's bigger story. He's not a God of confusion. And when we face opposition. Let me ask you just to consider even for yourself, for us as a people, what do we do? What do we do when we face opposition? For many of us, probably like myself, we react, right? In traffic, what do you do? What do, you do? How, how, how much do you pause, do you consider? When you get an email, how long does it take you to hit reply, boom, send, right? What do we do? Like we are a reactive, we are a, a compulsive people, when we face opposition. But look at Nehemiah, we see they face opposition. Look what he does in verse four. Hear, O our God, for we are despised. His first flinch, verse four, right? Tobiah, Sanballat, they bring this opposition, they're saying these mean things. What is Nehemiah's first flinch? It's prayer. Turn to God, God, what, what, what are you doing? What would you have me do right now it says, we are despised, turn back their taunt on their own heads and give them up to be plundered in a land where they are captives. Do not cover their guilt and let not their sin be blotted out from your sight for they have provoked you to anger in the presence of the builders. Again, um, pause there for a moment. Our first flinch is to turn inward, right? It's to go, whoa, no, 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 you, I deserve this. You can't disrespect me like that. You can't say that about me. Let me, oh yeah, well, look at your shoes, right? Look at your haircut. Look at your whatever, right? Look at your, your, look at all your wrongs. Let me defend myself. And yet Tobiah, uh, Nehemiah turns right to, God, they've angered you. They're messing with, with your plan. Um, what, what would it look like for us to, when we face opposition, not just re-anchor in ourselves, but to re-anchor in God? What would it look like individually and communally to not go find echo chambers where we can stir each other up into a hornet's nest kind of frenzy, but to actually maybe call each other to, let's, let's, let's pray for a moment. I'm feeling this kind of way. Let's, let's pray and see maybe where my own flinch might be off, what God might be doing. So we pray, and then verse six, we don't just sit there in a circle singing kumbaya. So we built the wall. And all the wall was joined together to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. We pray, we pause, we consider, God, where am I in your plan? What are you doing? And then we get to work. All right, let's be... Um, Let's be honest here. This is, this is us as a church in this season. We, as you know, we have been looking for a location. Um, we have, we thought we had one. We were this close, right? It was 
victory was in, within reach, right? Our fingertips were on it. And then all of a sudden, unbeknownst to us, some stuff went on and the, they just, thankfully, God kind of opened our eyes to some potential that really would have been bad. And we just saw, man, that's not good stewardship to continue with this plan. So we had to step back and it seems like we're back to square one. Like God, we need something. We're and w w what are we doing? We're praying often together on our own, and we're driving around Tucson with eyes wide open. <laughs> we're knocking on doors. Hey, uh, you got a church? You want to rent it to us? You want to? You got a building? You got a whatever it is? You got you know? As long as you have AC, um, <laughs> right? We've got some non-negotiables now. After five years in Safford, um, uh, you know, we got, we're we're looking. We're working. But we're also not trying to get out ahead of God and be like, oh, we're going to do this. We've got all these plans and just presume upon our prayer. We pray without ceasing as we are going while we are walking in. We pause and we reflect and we go before God. Look at verses 9 and 10, what this looks like. And again, bring it home into our own situation. In Judah, it was said, the strength of those who bear the burdens is failing. There is too much rubble. By ourselves, we will not be able to rebuild the wall. And our enemies said, they will not know or see till we come among them and kill them and stop the work, right? And um, by ourselves, we will not be able to rebuild this wall. You, you, you don't have to turn there with me, but maybe jot it down. Psalm 127 verses one. And two says this, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. It's in vain that's not just a, a, a neat little, um, you know, little, little sign to hang up in your cottage in Pine Top or on Mount Lemon. Um, it's, that's nice and good if you do that too above the f fireplace. Um, but but that's, that's for God's people. That's a reminder how we engage, how we react to opposition is to, again, to, to go back under God's story, to, to consider, God, what is your plan? What are, are you doing? Lord, we thought we had a great thing going here as Redemption Tucson. It was, uh, what are you doing now? It looks a little different. We're in a different location. Our, 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 you know, there's a lot that's different. What, what are, we don't just, that's not an excuse to just sit there and be lazy, right? But, but it's, it's an invitation by the Lord to consider, Lord, this is your house. You're, you're the head. We are your sheep. We are your people. What are you doing? We find ourselves as a part of his plan. And once we remember his plan, we consider his plan, hear me, always includes community. Ne Nehemiah builds a team. Uh, pick up with me. I'm going to read a lot now in this last section, and I'll, I'll kind of pause as we go. But now, right, we've seen the opposition. We see God's plan. God's not tripping. He's not caught off guard. He's not stumbling back. Oh, no, what am I going to do? Uh, we would reject and push back against that theology. Any th theology that would present God as 
kind of biting his nails, wondering, hoping, equally participating in the, in the events of unfolding ambiguous future. That's not the story of scripture. So we see God is sovereign. He's in control. He has a plan and we find great hope in that. And part of his plan in, involves, includes a team. So picking up in verse 12, At that time, the Jews who lived near them came from all directions and said to us 10 times, you must return to us. So in the lowest parts of the space behind the wall, in open places, I stationed the people by their clans with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked and arose and said, to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Church, we, we talked about this some last week. What does it look like to fight for each other? Do you grieve w- with me that this last season, this last year and a half in our church and uh, seemingly in God's church, at least across America and uh, it, probably in many ways around the world, uh, we have fought uh, with each other way more than we have fought for each other. Okay, let, let me be honest. Sometimes fighting for each other might look like fighting with each other, but it looks different. It is not, oh no, you offended me, now I'm gonna offend you. You piled it on me, you wrote this about me on Facebook, now I'm gonna write this about you on Facebook. You said this, I'm gonna do this. You presented this article, I'm gonna present this article. You, right, and that's what it, that is not fighting for each other, that's fighting with each other. That is, uh, I demand my rights, I demand my, my, my integrity, I demand what is said about me, I've got something to prove and everybody to impress, and, and that's gonna define how I relate with people that, Sometimes I call brothers and sisters when it's convenient, but, but uh, when, when it gets really tough, um, you're out. You're, I'm going to treat you worse than I treat uh, my non-Christian neighbor, especially if they agree with me on, uh, on political or social you know, matters, is, and then we, we reflect where our priorities are. Th- that's not the way... Of, uh, of the gospel. Th- that's not God's plan. Hear me, there should be an exhortation a, a bit for all of us, a, a charge, but, but also an invitation into something so much better, so much more beautiful, so much stronger. Okay, have you ever seen someone who could get wrecked by someone or, or could, could wreck someone else? Let me say, th- who could, but... Um, choose to use their strength for the good of the other person, whether they knew it or not, right? It might be this, and I've actually seen this happen. It might be uh, someone got drunk at a party and is trying to fight someone who could just end them, right? This person's got a little liquid courage. They're stumbling over their feet. Sorry, I played rugby at the U of A, and I saw this happen a couple times there, and my family and all kinds. So um, you're, you know, and they're like, oh, I'll take you on. And they're just stumbling all over. And, and you're like, dude, that guy, one, one punch, you are sleeping. And you're going to have a bad headache tomorrow. 
But that person, no matter how mouthy or obnoxious that other person is, is like, I'm, man, I don't, I don't have to prove that right now. And they're just like, all right, man, okay, okay, and just kind of defuse it. Do, it. do you not respect that person more, I hope? You know, do, is that not more honorable? If you've ever heard the word meek, and, um, right, in, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. You know, the clearest picture of meekness is right there, is the cross. Is Jesus hanging naked on the cross, accepting shame when he could have, like he told Peter, Peter in the garden's like, oh, we got your back, Jesus, take out swords, do all this. He's like, do you not know I could call down thousands of angels and all these Roman soldiers would die from fear. But Jesus says, I'm not gonna use the power I could use to, to uh, demolish people who are making themselves my enemies. I'm gonna die for them. I'm gonna lay down my power for the good of another. Um, in, uh, in, in the New Testament, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 13, um, through 17 says this. This is what fighting looks like for each other, not just with each other. This is what it looks like to be a family, to be a team, okay, as God's people, with each other and, and with the world around us. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, now he's talking specifically to, to Christians, to the church, to the local church. We urge you, brothers, admonish the idol, that means like ling, 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 lazy. Call out the idol, but encourage the faint-hearted. Help the weak. Be patient with them all. Okay, don't just be mean to the lazy people. Encourage the people who deserve it, right? Be patient. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always pray without ceasing. Th that's an invitation into something more beautiful. Can you, can you imagine with me? What if this last year and a half church looked like, and it's not over and hopefully it has happened in some places and hopefully it happens in the days and years to come. Hopefully we've learned some lessons. Maybe God in his love has taken us out and had us choose a switch to the proverbial woodshed and uh, we're, we've been refined a little bit. We've been corrected by our loving father. And what would it look like for us as God's people to interact with each other in such a way that demands an explanation? Well, what if we in this room, right, when, 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 when we walked through, I'll just be honest here, when we walked through as a, as a white male right, who has a particular um, sense of, of music preference and, and things like that and my own history and things like that. What if our posture is, 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 is gratitude, is, is, is humility, is learning to say, I've never heard that song. I, I didn't know. I, I'm not quite sure how to keep up with the beat there, but I can learn. There's, there's, there's an invitation into a broader understanding of God's family, of God's, of God's, of God's people, 
right? I'm, I'm uh, easily edified by brothers and sisters in Christ, and, and now I'm, I'm rejoicing with, with others. I'm learning. I'm, I'm growing, but we, we, sell our, we settle for so much smaller because we go into, that's not comfortable for me. I'm, I, I come when this person is l- leading worship because that's what I'm used to, and then, and then another group of people says, well, I come when this person is, is leading because that's my preference, and I come when hymns are sung this way, and I come when it's done this way, and I, I stand there and don't clap because uh, I want to, you know, I'm making a statement c- quietly because I'm not going to be forced. You're not my dad. You can't tell me what to do, and I mean, it's, 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 it sounds silly. In some cases, it's tragic in, in many, but, but God's plan, Jesus's plan is that tax collector over there, um, whose who's whole, every, the car he's driving is coming from uh, stealing from fellow Jewish people who, who, who have to pay taxes to Rome. And he happens, this tax collector happens to have a job that, that can take those, go and collect those taxes and says, oh, I, and, and it's built in, it's assumed, it's accepted. I can scrape a bit off of me. This can help my station and me and my own can live a little bit better if, uh, if, if, I, if I conduct my business this way. And it's not just Rome 2,000 years ago. It's, uh, is that not us? Oh, well, it's good business practice. We're Arizona. We're a right-to-work state. I can, I can navigate the systems this way and treat the people under my authority this way because I'm making money and I tithe with my money and I give it to people and, and we justify and we do this and stuff and that's the tax collector world. And then, and then uh, am I getting a little close to our situation here too? And, and, then, and then Jesus also called zealots who were like, oh no, every, every riot I'm out there, every protest I'm out there, uh, every sign I'm holding, I am taking down Rome, whatever it costs. This is, this is just, justness, this is justice, this is God's kingdom is not coming through Rome, so I'm gonna topple Rome, whatever it means, sometimes with the sword, uh, sometimes with the, with the pen, with the vote, whatever it is, I'm toppling Rome at any cost, and this tax collector is my enemy. And Jesus said, uh, come eat with me at a table uh, next to, across from each other. That demands an explanation. Jesus is in the business of building a team. Um, There's a lot more in this section of what that looks like. They're creative. They have each other's backs. Uh, At one point up earlier in in verses 15 through 17, you see creativity. Some people, like verse 16, from that day on behalf of my, uh, uh, half of my servants worked on construction and half held the spears, right? They're like, I got your back. I'm watching you. You can focus on the nails. You don't have to hit your thumb. Um, I'm, 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 I, I'll take care of the arrows and the bows and the spears and things. And then they flipped, right? They, they traded off. Down in verse 18 through 20, uh, the work is great and widely spread, and we separate it on the wall, far from one another, and the place where you hear the sound of the trumpet rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. There's a sense again of we're, we're together here uh, under God. He's the team captain. We have each other's back, and it's not easy. Um, in closing, skip down to verse 23. So neither I, nor my brothers, nor my servants, nor the men of the guard who followed me, none of us took off our clothes. 
Each kept his weapon at his right hand. Day and night. Young parent, you might know a little bit what this is like, right? I just want to go to the bathroom. I just want to take a shower. Um, but but uh, now's not the time. I, I can't. I'm prepared. That'll come. That day will, and hear me, is now I have older kids, the day does come. It feels like a whole new revival, a renaissance. Uh, it's, um, and, 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 and yet it's not easy. There's a call. There's a need for perseverance. Um, as we close, consider Hebrews chapter 12. What do we do? We look to Jesus. We run with endurance. The race that's been set before us, the life that we find ourselves in. When our temptation is to look and say, man, I wish I had that. That must be nice. No, we run the race that has been set before us. Looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, but is now seated at the right hand of God the Father. We look to Jesus as our example, but also as our hope, as our good news, as our guarantee. He's finished the race. He's done. He's, he's promised what's to come. He's guaranteed it. He has sealed it. It's signed, sealed, and delivered. We know what is to come. The not yet informs our reality now. So as a church, we live in light of whatever kind of opposition we're facing, individual, personal, financial, relational, but not just there, it's bigger. It's ultimately opposition to God's plan, but he's already won. So we find ourselves now under his plan. God, what are you doing? We pray without ceasing. We, we, we find, God, where does this little, seemingly this, where does 2020 fit into your story? What are you doing? You're the hero. You're, you've all already secured victory. What, are you, what, what would you call us to do? And then we do that as a team. We fight against the silos that we're wooed into in the world around us, on social media, and everywhere else. We move together as God's people, a part of the team. On Father's Day, you might say, I'm not a, I don't have any kids of my own. You're a father. You're a part of the church. You're, you have a, 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 a fatherly role. Uh, fight for each other, fathers, men. This is especially, we, we are very prone to siloing to shutting down our emotions, to kicking back on the, to, to living our lives for 6 p.m. where we can have some scotch and watch the game and kick back in the recliner and just live day to day for that. We, we hide from each other. I know the invitation is to move toward each other, to fight for each other. So let's respond to our hero, to our team captain, to Jesus who has a plan, who's at work, who's guaranteed victory. Again, Father, we uh, are yours. Lord, where we need to repent and confess, Lord, where we need to admit, where uh, this might not be in some cases the most encouraging Father's Day message, and says, man, why do you have to call me out on a couple of those things? Uh, I hope we all know, my fellow brothers know, I'm stumbling and tripping alongside them. And Lord, in light of your grace, not in order to earn your favor, but because of your undeserved favor, uh, we, we, can, we, can, we can run. We can run alongside each other. We can encourage each other. We can, we can call each other out with patience, with a 
desire to understand. Um, uh, we can be a part of what you're building, of what you're doing, of your plan, and, and we get to celebrate for all eternity, Lord. You let us hold up the trophy that you earned. Uh, Lord, Lord, let us even now respond in light of this good news. Thank you, Jesus, that you call us your people. For anyone who's not yours, I pray you will draw them to yourself even now. Lord, I pray that you will, you will invite them, that you will, um, in a healthy sense, give, a, give a, a longing or to be a part of this good, incredible victory that you are ushering in. In your name we pray, amen.